Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gable Morenci, and I'm on the grid. And it's the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing. Triple threat uh, Mondays. We're ready to uh, bring it. Uh, we've got Mike Blewett, a regular on a Monday uh, rotation. Uh, Mike Blewett's going to step up and in. Kevin Walsh is going to join us. Uh, Joe Rivera throws it down. We've got a full house, and the raging redhead, a.k.a. Fat Stewart's got, uh, uh, got uh, stacked uh, pockets. After a massive Friday at the track, I know uh, you liked Honor AP uh, going in uh, to Santa Anita. And I know you like Kevin Harvick uh, as well. Did the role continue for the Raging Redhead? Yeah, Gabe, you know me. Uh, you can call me uh, Gary Greed, too, not just uh, Ron- Ronnie Ruggs or uh, Lemon, whatever you want to call. On Saturday, I got a little into the sauce, and you know what happened? The units went up and uh, didn't hit everything in horse racing till late, but I still had a great week, but you know what I mean? I thought it was going to be the special one where I could really, really take advantage and maybe go on a vacation somewhere hot and nice, but, uh, you know, I did well. Plus units is good units, but I got greedy. Uh, so you're saying when you got into the sauce, you mean you got into like some sauce that's not like barbecue sauce, some other yes. type of uh, sauces you're, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yes, alcoholic sauce, yes, yes, and it wasn't very good for the decision making. Click, 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 more, more, more. Uh, yeah, I hit a few, but uh, anyway, what are you going to do, buddy? That's the way it goes. I had a good week, you know, got some money in the account, and hey, golf's back this week for me too, so I'm very excited. Yeah, you know, not only is golf back, but it's back in a big, uh, big time way. This is a stacked field, man. Oh, Absolutely I know. Stacked I field. Know. Six, 16 of the top 20 players in the world are there. Um, all top five players are there. I saw the group uh, pairings, and it's over the top. Uh, it's like it's like a uh, it's like a major or something like that. So th- these are the groups: Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka, yep. Justin All-Star. Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson, Gary Woodland, and uh, not so fast. Nah. I don't know how he got in there. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose. Still, some pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, those are the groups. Yeah, and that doesn't even – Sergio Garcia is there. Sunjay M is there. Jason Day is there. Webb Simpson is there. Xander Shoffley, Sergio Garcia. We got a stack, Charles Schwab. You're telling me, man, and you get a tournament where you have Sergio Garcia at 66 to 1, you know you got a stacked field. It's going to be really interesting, Gabe. Which guys went out there and practiced? Some guys with families, did they take time off because of COVID-19? What about the single guys? Did they hit the range, hit a lot of balls? It's going to be a very intriguing tournament. I think we might have to dig deep into the middle tiers, and we might see a dog win this week at a nice price. Well, I look forward to getting your picks, and uh, we're going to break it down. Sports uh, is coming back. Is baseball coming back? I don't know. Mm. I saw Andrew uh, McCutcheon uh, say LOL uh, on Twitter as far as Major League Baseball's latest uh, offers. And I don't know, man. You know, the owners have been playing games uh, since day one, but we'll get into those uh, dirty details a little bit uh, right there. But sports are on the return. Uh, Charles Schwab, I mean, uh, we talked about it. We got a, we got a uh, monster, monster stack the field. It's a live uh, golf event. Uh, we got UFC once again, and, and the NBA is around the corner. 
All right, what's up, everybody? Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. Game time decisions has begun. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down. We're on the road uh, right now. I spent time on the road than uh, Lemmy and Motorhead uh, did. More hotel rooms and uh, bars, except I don't play video poker as much as uh, he did. He loves his video poker. If you're a Motorhead fan and you were unaware of that, that's all the dude cared about. He cared about getting drunk. Um, I think he did a lot of cocaine, too. Uh, but he loved yeah, to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes, ace did. of space. Like, he wasn't a sports <laughs> better. He was like a gambler gambler, like poker and video poker, like cheap, cheap gambling. Cheap gambling. All right, so we've got a stack Charles Schwab uh, field. Um, you know, golf golf uh, is back, guys. We had a couple of those skins games, a couple of charity events. Now we've got a monster field uh, set for late, later in the week at the Colonial. Really looking forward to breaking it down. The raging redhead Cam Stewart, he's busting the, uh, the clubs out of the garage. Uh, they're ready to go. Uh, so, uh, as we stated, listen, we're on the road uh, right now, and uh, we're in a hotel. We look to uh, to be settled into the new studio in the next uh, couple of days, but I'm in the lobby of the uh, the hotel, and, you know, there's like two or three guests in the entire building, and some dude's up to me, and he goes, Gabriel Morency, unbelievable. And then he drops. He goes, I am literally, he goes, I'm sure people tell you this all the time, but I'm your biggest fan. He goes, I'm your biggest fan. He goes, I was wondering where you were in Vancouver. I can't believe I run into you here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what's your name? He goes, I'm the exec- executive uh, president of the hotel chain. <laughs> oh, nice. And nice. I said, oh, I said, oh, nice. Yeah. I said, I'm staying here. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, uh, come down after the show. We'll put you, uh, we'll change rooms. We'll get you in a suite. Perfect. Just by chance, I ran into the guy into the lobby. So uh, hopefully this this works out, uh, actually. <laughs> and uh, we get... We get the presidential. We get the presidential uh, suite. Nice. You um, run into so, the owner yeah, of hotels, and I run into people I owe money to. The last guy, hey, it's Kev. Don't you owe me a couple grand? Anyway, don't worry. I'll get a hold of your buddy. I know I know where you live. That's what I'm telling <laughs> you. Getting... <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, you can never tell people you had a good day anywhere, Cam. I've learned the lesson. I made a big yeah, mistake when we finished eighth place in a super contest in Vegas. I never do it, but I was all wasted. And I took one of those pictures of me holding like $20,000 cash, like a high roller in Vegas. Oh, bro, my phone blew up. Hey, Brent, you got that 600 bucks. Got that 1300 It's like, like, how do you say no either, right? You just posted a picture with like $18,000 in your head. I woke up the next God, I'm an idiot for doing that. I was like, if you win the, if you win the lottery, don't tell anybody. Be like that exactly. guy in Jamaica. You show up with a hood on and a mask. Get on the grid. Bring it. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Decisions continues. I am Gable Branson. We're throwing it down with the raging redhead Cam Stewart. And as uh, we talked about during the intro, we got a triple threat uh, show today. Joe Rivera is going to step up and then we'll talk Major League Baseball, or I should say the uh, the lack of 
uh, Major League uh, Baseball and uh, their constant proposals. I'm sick of that word, proposals. Like I said, it's Me like too. watching. If I wanted to hear the word proposals, I'd watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Yeah. <laughs> I was done with, with these proposals. And, exactly. And listen, you know, like Major League Baseball, so they throw it out there. They're, they're good on leaking things, the owners. So they basically, uh, Jeff Passan's been like the little uh, the little bird, the parrot. So, you know, they, they put a note in Jeff Passan, and, you know, he's got quite the ears and quite the hairdo, that guy. He's got quite the lid, as we say. Uh, so Jeff Passan says, all right, the new deal, 76 games, 76 games, prorated salaries, but 75% of your salary. All right, yeah. so at least it's not like this, all right, um, you're only losing 25%. Now. Like before, it was extreme. All right, so it's less extreme right now, uh, at least. So we'll give them that. But then, like a couple of minutes later, Cab, it comes out from from Jeff as well. Uh, easiest way to look at Major League Baseball's counteroffer is basically a 57 game season. So, yep. like you know, it's like the players wanted to play 114. They wanted to play 82. They wanted to play. All right, then you throw this uh, this 76 at them or whatever. Now, now, really, it's like, well, we really only want to play 57. Like, you think, Cam, like, they've, they've, they've reduced the amount of games to the point where they won't lose any money and they, they'll still end up making money. And their real ultimate greed here is I know what they're up to. They want to play 57 games. The players, like, will barely make any money. And then the owners are going to cash in large with the playoff revenue after. And the players only get, like, a, a small piece of that. They don't get paid That's salary. a problem. Yeah, so like basically the owners are just like going minimum barren at Mount Cam so they can play a season to get away with the buffs. They're still trying to screw the players. And listen, it's at, at 76 games, fine. I you know, I think you can negotiate from there. But you throw the 57 out there after, and now we get word too. They also want the players cam to sign a waiver stating if they get coronavirus, you're on your own. Like there's no repercussions for it. Yeah, that's huge. And that's the, and this is a real problem. We talked about this before, Marenzi, and the owners, in a negotiation, it's kind of like you have to come to a middle ground. You know what I mean? You're selling your guitar, 900, uh, 6, you know, are we, are we going to meet somewhere and then eventually make a deal and get both sides happy? The owners are coming back with counteroffers that are so bad and so embarrassing, you're actually angering the players to the point. We have a CBA next year too, Marenzi. What about future contracts? I talk about this all the time. These guys are dealing in bad faith. And now, again, you're embarrassing the players. They're laughing or getting angry. You're not getting closer to a deal. The way I see it is maybe you just got to pack this thing up. And now when these guys really need to negotiate, there's going to be bad, bad blood between them. These sides already hated each other. Now with this, it is absolutely insane. And you know what? I'm totally on the player side. The owners haven't come back. They haven't even like, and gave them an inch, Gabe. It's unbelievable. Their negotiation tactics just continue to screw them. They're like, guys. We're not going to do this for less money. Like, what do you have to do? You, are you not listening to what we're saying? No, we don't want to get screwed in future negotiations. So you know what? I'm on the player's side. They want to play the damn game, but it just seems to me the owners want to rip these guys off. It's not the player's fault uh, that you're losing money during the pandemic. No, well, basically, it seems like every time, every time that the the players sort of, sort of say, okay, we're listening, the owners change their mind. And it yes. proves that they're, you know, I mean, they're they're bluffing all the time. The owners, because if you remember when they said, "All right, we'll split the revenue 50-50, the players said, "All right, we don't like this, but show us your books, show us the books, show us what the fifty-fifty actually means." Owners didn't do it. They didn't do it, Ken. Right then, they, you know, owners, all oh, the players are, oh, you know, if they're patriots, they'll play, and all this type of stuff. And then the players are like, "All right, listen, we'll play one hundred and fourteen games." We'll do an all-star game. Remember, we talked about it. We'll give you a home run derby. We'll give you an all-star game. Yep. We'll give you everything. We'll play 114 games. Let's go. Oh, no, 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 no. And then they come back with the 76 stuff, and it's not even really 76. It turns out it's really 57. So, like, as soon as if the players agreed to 76, then the owners would say, all right, well, 57. And, you know, one thing is, though, I think the owners really legitimately thought that they would win the PR battle. You know what I mean? And they did initially. A lot of people came out early and were like, oh, these mm -hmm. baseball players are also greedy and stuff. But ultimately, as time has gone on, I think we've seen uh, even a lot of common fans are like, man, these owners are really pieces of work here. Like anybody that's following this at all, you can tell 
you can see that the owners are negotiating in bad faith. I'm going to tell you, Gabe, baseball, I know our, our boy Joe Ranieri played at Oklahoma State, a lot of baseball guys here at the network. This sport's in big trouble. This is the way they're negotiating now. I talk about it. They have a CBA next year. Like, what the hell's going to happen right now? You want to go into a room with two sides that absolutely hate each other? Like, this is getting to a point, like, you, you almost feel like fisticuffs because the players, they're like, I look at these guys and go, what the hell are you doing to us? Like, you're obviously using us as pawns. You've never given in one inch to anything that we've done. You're coming back with counteroffers that are absolutely real uh, ridiculous. And I told you about the young players, and we talked about that. You cannot give, give in if you're the players because in the future you're going to get screwed. You're, this is what the owners want to do. They want to screw the stars of the game. They don't want to play the, as many games. You know, they got so much money, and they're talking about the players. Oh, yeah, if you're a Patriot playing, get bent. Or if you're a Patriot, well, you know what? Give in a little bit, and maybe well, the let's problem meet is, equally. The thing is, too, like moving forward, the players will get screwed over. Yes, like, you yes, know, they without will. a doubt, the, the players will. Like next year, they're going to say, oh, it's a terrible time to be a free agent. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a terrible time to be negotiating a contract. You know, Dana White's already throwing that stuff out there all the time right now. Oh, uh, you couldn't have picked the worst time to try to ask for more money. But at the same point in time, he always talks about how much money uh, that they're making. Like these yes. baseball owners, they act. And, and another thing is they're not giving money back to the networks and stuff. They're just going to owe them more games. Right. Like the as I said, it's like the owners want to pass everything on. Like the owners, if things are going well, the owners have no problem, you know, making $100 million each per team uh, every year, $80 million, whatever it is, $60 million, some of them more, some of them less, et cetera. But they have no problem reaping the benefits when things are going well. But as soon as it isn't, it's like, wow, it's not my business. You know what I mean? I'm not paying for this. You know, like it, it, it really is too much. And, you know, we, we've been talking about it. Look, the CBA is up after next year. They're clearly going to be on a collision course. And we're seeing a change. We're seeing a change in real society right now in which people want to change as far as the status quo is concerned. And you're going to see a trickle down in a sports already with the NCAA. I don't get these kids off anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of gotten like now there's people, everybody is saying it. You can't rip these people off anymore. You better change your ways. Otherwise, your system is going to crumble. And I think the NCAA sort of sees that. And we'll get into this when Kevin Walsh joins us a little bit later on. Because uh, he's a big Connor guy, and uh, Connor steps aside from the UFC. Yeah, but does he? It's the third time the guy's retired. Yeah, hey, Connor. Yeah, I think he's on, a, had a few on another bender. This guy's unbelievable, yeah. Gabe. Oh, yeah, I'm bored. Man, I can find me some competition. You know what? We were actually siding with this guy a while ago, paying back the guy that he punched in the bar and starting to be a better yeah, person. And now, oh, yeah, he it's just, yeah, himself. it's all a pe- yeah, no, you can't. It's PR crap. And this guy, you know what? I don't even know how people like Conor McGregor. To me, it's just disgusting. There's guys giving their blood, sweat, and tears for the sport all the time. They get no money. Guys loaded. Wah, wah, wah. I have no sympathy for Conor McGregor. Uh, yeah, retire then. You know, if you want to go do it, retire then. I'm sick and tired of the guy retiring and then wanting to come back. I think it's a clown move. But anyway, we'd expect nothing less. It's just, yeah, everything's smoke and mirrors with this guy. Well, it was the timing. To me, it's the timing uh, in which... In which he announces this, he announces this like right after Amanda Nunes is winning. Like just to t- yes. take away the spotlight from her. It was like when Brady exactly. did that stupid little pose in the tunnel around the Super Bowl. Oh, look at Great me. Call. And Connor always does this. He always retires like after these UFC cards when people are talking about other fighters. And he, he wants call. everyone, and everyone sort of shrugged, shrugged their shoulders. Um, but Dana White does, does have a problem in, in the big picture with this. Because not just Connor, Connor's playing games. John Jones, like basically, is willing to throw the belt in the garbage. Henry Cejudo just walked away from the sport. Uh, Jorge Masvidal is saying, "Release me." More and more, fighter after fighter is saying, "Yeah, I'm not doing this anymore for this money." And you know, Dana, he can't lose every second. Step down. Mike Blue, it'll join us next. Game time decisions continue. Hey, sports fans, Cam Stewart with your sports grid news and betting update. You want that capping edge, get on the grid. The latest proposal for Major League Baseball is not getting a thumbs up from the players. In fact, it's getting two thumbs down. MLB has made a proposal to the Players Association that includes a 76-game campaign with 75 prorated salaries for the 2020 season. This according to Carl Ravitch of ESPN. The plan also features uh, playoff pool money and no draft pick compensation for signing players. 
The regular season would reportedly end September 27th, and playoffs would conclude at the end of October. Under this newest proposal, the 2020 campaign would begin around July 10th, and according to John Heyman of the MLB Network, it'll be the first time in 45 years that draft pick compensation wouldn't be tied to free agency. MLB also asked for 16 teams to make the playoffs, 8 in the AL, 8 in the NL. The MLBPA has asked to respond by Wednesday, but... Based on player reactions to the proposal, the prospect of a 48-game season looks likelier. The player union regards today offers to be even worse than the league's previous plan because it places a greater emphasis on risk-sharing in the playoffs. Major leaguers will receive 50% prorated salaries if there's no postseason and 75% if there is one. A source on the player side says this offer should should have been made in April and it would have been rejected big time. Major leaguers would also have to sign an acknowledgement of risk waiver before playing. We talked about that, where players believe it's designed to undermine their right to challenge the league if it fails to provide a safe working environment. Under the latest proposal, each major leaguer earns around 19% more than forced to play a shorter season at 100% prorated salaries, but the MLBPA says they will not revisit any further pay cuts. The San Antonio Spurs have ruled Demarcus Aldridge out for playing the remainder of 2019-20. The veteran power forward underwent a procedure on his right shoulder in late April. Uh, Aldridge ranked second on the Spurs, close to 19 points a game. First in rebounding with 7.4 and 1.6 blocks. The Spurs were four games behind the eight-seeded Memphis Grizzlies when the season went on hiatus in mid-March. San Antonio owns the longest active postseason streak uh, they've qualified in each year since 1998. New details have emerged relating to a pair of areas of the NBA's tentative season restart plan, re-entering the so-called bubble environment and drug testing. If a player leaves the wild world of sports complex at Walt Disney World, that individual would have to quarantine for at least 10 days and have two negative tests for COVID-19 before gaining re-entry. Additionally, the league and NBAP would have agreed to continue testing for performance-enhancing drugs when the season resumes July 31st, but no street drugs. John Harris and David Blitzer, the owner of the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers and the NHL's New Jersey Devils, are among suitors looking to purchase the New York Mets. Talks are in the early stages, and it's reported the Mets have retained Allen and company Steve Greenberg to oversee the sale of the team. Baseball legend Alex Rodriguez and his wife, actress and recording artist Jennifer Lopez, also working with bankers at J.P. Morgan Chase to prepare their bid to buy the Mets. The Wilpon family has owned a portion of the team since 1980. Forbes values the Mets at $2.8 billion. The NFL and NFLPA are discussing the possibility of certain players and rookies and vets who have changed clubs and physicals uh, returning to team facilities before June 26th. Sources telling Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network potential dates have not been set. Summer mini camps are not expected to take place. I'm Cam Stewart. Now back to Gabe Morenci on Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions continues. Get on the grid. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, we've got a tough uh, to get to. Uh, Mike Blewett ready to step up and in. And we've got nothing but fastballs for Blewett because I know we can handle it. We're going to get his thoughts on defunding uh, the police. We're going to get his thoughts uh, on the uh, defund the police um, spray paint on the side. Just kidding, Mike. We're not going to ask you about any of that. <laughs> this isn't the Don Lemon show. I was, I, I, you know what? I, I thought I got he was going to get worried there. I saw the look of fear in his face. And I was I like, know, ah, I go, God, help me. No, no, we're going to ask you about Dalvin Cook and baseball negotiations. That's, uh, that, that's all we're going to ask him about. Mike Bloat, how you doing, Mike? Uh, we'll football get, full uh, circle, we'll myself and George Kurtz. So it went, you know, it, it went as well as it could be expected. It's a difficult topic uh, to discuss. We discussed Drew Brees and everything else, but uh, clearly it's an interesting time to be in America. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything you said. You're, the sound was down. So like, we just sort of, uh, we, we, we got you, uh, we got you at the end there, Mike. But uh, yeah, thanks. Okay. Thanks for joining. Um, so yeah, no, it's crazy. Crazy times, historic times, and all that type of stuff. But it's just annoying. I'm sick of everything. I'm sick of everybody. Um, but we've got a lot of, you know, and specifically, let, we'll get into it uh, a little bit. So let me ask you about uh, the Drew Brees stuff. It started, it was a massive firestorm. They seem to put it out fast. And guys, what I find amusing about this is now there's a story that Shaquille O'Neal called the Saints mm-hmm. and, like, told the Saints to come together on this, Cam. And I'm wondering, yep. the hell, what, what are you, what was Shaq? Well, you got a future, like, a million-dollar bet on them to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> what are you so concerned about the New Orleans Saints chemistry? For? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, that that is odd. I hadn't heard that, but it, it's clearly a, an odd situation that Shaq would feel the need to broker peace amongst teammates. Um, in my opinion, the Drew Brees, look, that news cycle, his apology really helped to end the news cycle on his controversy very quickly. It was more about him checking the boxes to make sure he apologized. I think some people are somewhat skeptical of the meaning behind the apology, but he did apologize. He has been somebody that has been very vocal and supportive of the community in the past. I think that's why so many people were disappointed to me. The statement, the initial statement seemed out of place, both to the question asked to him and obviously out of place considering the protests that were going on at the time. It wasn't really the, the time to discuss what he was bringing up. No, you know what? That's, it's, it, it is it. And now and now the, the, the story continues. But we, we, live in a, we live in a culture now where stories come so fast, people forget about what they were even mad about the day before, right? And, you know, the Drew Brees stuff is so recent. Yeah, it feels like, oh, what, that that was two months ago. Nobody cares anymore. It's over with. So, you're right. He fired off the apology so quickly. He put the fire out uh, very quickly. Now it's, you know, a political uh, a political football again, pardon the pun. And yeah. players are, and especially now they see Trump hates it, players say they're going to be kneeling en masse now uh, moving forward. So, you know, it's, it's going to continue as sort of a political, uh, political topic and, um, and um, you know, it's going to be used, uh, basically. And, you know, it's, it, plays, it plays right into his base as well, right? You know, sure. it, plays, it goes right back to the whole flag and, don't, and the, the original, but it's just the tone deafness. Like even Drew Brees says, no, it was never about this. It'll be interesting to see the di- dynamic, though, between Roger Goodell and the owners. Because Roger Goodell put that statement out. I'm not so sure, like, Daniel Snyder would have put out the same statement. I don't think Jerry Jones would have put out the same, or Stephen Ross of the Miami Dolphins would have put out the same statement. So it'll be interesting to see how far Goodell will go. Because normally in today's day and age, commissioners are really just puppets of the owners, right? In the old yeah, days, a commissioner course. would run the league. Now they just, yeah. Yeah. They just do what and, the owners tell them to do, essentially. Yeah, and Gabe, what I would say is that the NFL can be criticized for many things on this topic and, and other topics. Roger Goodell can be criticized for many things related to the way he acts in front of the camera. Some of the ways he's adjudicated things in the NFL are up for criticism. I, I think he's been a punching bag for many people. But on this topic... He was supportive of the players, even by remaining silent. I thought he was tacitly supportive. He didn't come out as he has now and been vocally supportive, but he did not punish players, rebuke players in any way, including uh, excluding Kaepernick. He didn't really rebuke players in any way. When the owners really wanted him to, he didn't on this topic specifically. And, you know, that's that's the one point, too, that he did mention Kaepernick in that video uh, that he did. That people feel it somewhat it wasn't fully sincere. But let's get into the football aspect of this. As uh, breaking news, Cam, and you know, I was talking a lot. I, I actually really am high on the Vikings this year, too. I yeah. think the Vikings can be a very dangerous football team. I think, you know, I, I'm a big – look, I'm a Bills fan, and we got Stephon Diggs now, but – I think mm-hmm. there was chemistry issues with that team. I think yes. Kirk Cousins is going to be more comfortable. You can see he was sort of getting more comfortable, especially if there isn't fans. I do think it benefits uh, Kirk Cousins. But now we get where Dalvin Cook is going to be holding out uh, until he receives a reasonable extension. Uh, Mike, I'll throw it to you. And then, uh, well, if you step in, Cam, I'll throw it to you right, first. Yeah. And then to I will so, step uh, in. What, and do you, I, what do you think of Dalvin I Cook? I love Dalvin Cook. I love Dalvin Cook, too. But let's be honest, guys. And, you know, he helped me win some money in some fantasy leagues. And I think he's a great back, but he's often injury prone. The guy had one clean season, and now you're asking for money. I get it. The running back position has been devalued. But Dalvin Cook hasn't done enough and to, stay, to prove he stay healthy for another year. 
You go out this year, you do some damage, you'll get your money. I just think it's a little bit ridiculous after one great season where he had good health and took his play up a notch that he's asking for money right now. Can't we just like play and then figure it out? He's going to get paid if he stays healthy. I know he's looking for a paycheck and he does, you know, there's a risk of getting hurt. But in my opinion, has he really done enough in his whole career to start demanding these things? That's my take, Blue. And I don't know where you stand on this issue. Yeah, I, I would say that I think running backs have now realized that the market for them is so soft that they mm-hmm. only can strike while the iron is hot. It's not going to be much hotter than what he sees now. And keep in mind, he was a second-round pick. There's no fifth-year option uh, bump in pay involved with him. So he's mm-hmm. looking for an extension while he can get it. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of what you're talking about, his uh, is being prone to injury and everything else, it's completely fair. I think he's just coming off a good season where he toted the rock a lot. He will, obviously, again this year. I think the Vikings are screaming from the mountaintops that they're going to be a run-first team, and I think he knows he's going to be looking at 300 touches again, and he doesn't want to be on the wrong side of injury or lack of production when the time does come for him to be a free agent. Well, he makes $6.35 million right now. And he's looking, he's looking for 13-plus uh, wow. per year, which is a pretty massive jump. It's very reminiscent of sort of Melvin Gordon, actually, right? And, you know, we'll see how good, what, what they think the real value is, uh, what they think the real value is for, uh, for Dalvin. That's a massive jump now. He's seen, and I didn't realize this, David Johnson, now of the Houston Texans, he makes $13 million a year, which is insane. And it goes to show how, how terrible of a general manager Bill O'Brien is that he was willing to take on that contract with an old running back who's banged up. But that's another story. They're saying that Dalvin Cook, his people were looking at, uh, at McCaffrey's deal, in which he got $16 million. But McCaffrey's been more consistent uh, than Dalvin Cook. And quite frankly, Carolina... And else, they're not a winning football team. They just basically gave him the money so they can sell a few tickets while they rebuild uh, right now. I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to like the answer, guys. We just saw Melvin Gordon. I'll throw it to you first here, Mike. But, you know, we just saw Melvin Gordon lose this gamble. Um, the same road that Dalvin Cook is going down right now. And, you know, I'd like to see Melvin Gordon's numbers, Cam, compared to Dalvin Cook. Like, People didn't really respect Melvin Gordon all that much. In the end, he only getting that, he got eight million. The Denver Broncos, sixteen for two. So, you know, what do you think happens here, Mike? Where where is this going to go? I don't think the Vikings, the Vikings are paying him thirteen mil. The Vikings never pay no. people. Thirteen isn't thirteen isn't coming. I don't think he's getting even close to that. But I would say you mentioned the word gamble. I would suggest if I'm defending him, it's not so much of a gamble to hold out and do what Melvin Gordon did, right? Frankly, play a little bit less football, get the most that you can on the market. In this instance, it's a better, it's a really good team that could be, or it's a good team that could challenge in the playoffs again. I differ with you a little bit about their ceiling, but uh, that being said, I, I don't think it's a gamble for him to hold out right up until week one or even into the season. They'll take him back with open arms, and he'll end up just playing maybe a little bit less football and staying healthier. Well, it looks like you got to scratch Dalvin Cook from your fantasy team, Cam. <laughs> nah, I'm not, pro- no, I'm not, Gabe. <clears throat> but I will say this. It's a very, very dangerous move when you want to go into these type of negotiations and just start demanding things, man. And you know what? Mike's right. Strike away the iron's hot, but... Uh, to go from six to thirteen million to me is unrealistic. I think it's actually crazy. The Vikings won't do it. He has to prove himself for another year. Maybe go out, even start the season, have a good start to the season, and then we can start talking about money. I think it's absolutely nuts. That's my opinion. I love Dalvin Cook though, and I will draft him in my draft. He is one in one of my keeper leagues. He stays. You notice there's a common theme here in every sport right now. UFC people money. are upset. Well, what's about money? The money. Um. Yeah. Uh, we talk about uh, Dalvin Cook right now and running backs. What are they upset about? The money. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, <laughs> it's about the money. money. <laughs> yep. it's, it's always about the money. We'll continue this conversation with Mike Blue and Cam on the other side. Bring it.
Fantasy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Renson. We're throwing it down with a redhead cab. Stewart, shout out to all of our radio affiliates uh, out there. We hope you're rocking and rolling. We'll get you rocking and rolling throughout uh, the week and set you up with some winners. Cam was lighting it up uh, last week uh, at the track. Uh, we've got um, we got soccer league after soccer league uh, returning uh, right now. A lot of people are really getting excited about the EPL's uh, return. Uh, as far as MLB's return, well, that's another story. Um, so we woke up uh, this morning, and I guess the, the theme of the day was, ooh, the 76 games, uh, prorated salary at 75% of your salary. So it really wasn't prorated. <laughs> um, it was another 25% hit. But, you know, so, right, so you get 75% of your salary will play 76 games. 75% prorated salary, no draft compensation, $200 million postseason pool. Season ends October the 31st. This, to me, is the deal they should have put on the table from day one. Or, yes. And it would have been yes. like a, yeah, a lot. A working that, point. Because you're still negotiating to do camp. But at least it's yes. like, all right, you're not just spitting on us out of the gate here. Fine. But as soon as I, the second, the second that I said, all right, you know what, this is just, uh, there's a starting point on the table here. Okay. But then it was like, no, 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 no. They really mean 57 games. And then suddenly it went to 57 games, Mike, because basically they don't want to give more than $1.4 billion up after the fact. We're going nowhere fast here, bro. And then after... And then after they're even, they, they said, oh, the players have to sign a, a waiver saying, you know, you're on your own with the coronavirus, right? Um, which I saw Andrew McCutcheon said LOL to on Twitter. It's not going well, Mike. We'll put it this way. It's not going well. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah I, I, I would say that's fair. It, it isn't going well at all. We are now, <laughs> look, the, the, problem is, the problem with the 76 games is the 75% is of the 76 games. So yes. from the start, the M the MLB owners have just been moving the money around to give mm -hmm. the players the same percentage, which is roughly thirty three to thirty five percent. So they can keep they can paint it any way they want, but it continues to be around that thirty five percent. Now the playoff pool money is the big deal. The the players would have to take a bit of a risk with this type of proposal in order to gain back that full 75%. And clearly it's a risk, not just because of the health reasons, but it's not that because much money though. $200 million. If you think about it, especially if it'd be 14 teams in the playoffs, you add it all up. Yes. It's actually a low ball playoff pool. Yes, they are. There is talk of potentially adding more playoff teams for this season in order to sweeten the pot. But the reality is our own Mike. Craig Mish was tweeting about it this afternoon, saying that he thinks it'll get to a point where whatever number of games they agree on, the players will get their full salary. That's yeah, the way the deal think, will get done. I think done. that's where it's going, Kim. Yeah, and that's, I, I think you and I talked about this last week, Kim. It seems as though, remember we heard last week? 
48 games the owners wanted to do even. Yeah. 50 games, 48 games, fine. Because exactly, I think that's the limit where they're like, all right, screw it. We'll pay them, but for no more than that because we don't want to lose it. We're not giving any more than that. And they're just running the clock out. You know, Trevor Bauer's agent, um, I don't know her name's Rachel, I think. Uh, uh, but whatever, nevertheless, her agent, she's a good Twitter follow, actually. She's like her, her client. She basically tells it like it is. And she states, she said this like a week ago. She said they're running the clock out to they get to the amount of games where they want to play, where they'll pay the players, the mm. pro-rated, right? And they'll be out of real estate. There'll be no room. You can't play. We're not playing the World Series on December the 17th, right? At some point, like, it's, like, ridiculous. So I really believe, I think, I think it's going to end up being, I don't know, 58 games or 54 games or something stupid. And we said no next to an NBA championship. Because they played, they played the season, dude. There's a couple of hours. There was most of the season was done, and everyone's going to be in the same scenario playing in the playoffs. But Cam, it's not a major league baseball season when you're playing 48 games, bro. No, like, no, you know, we were I, even I, happy I really with the 82. I, I'm take the Baltimore Orioles. I'll take the Baltimore yeah, no, Orioles. Yeah, I, I already bet every I, worst game just for the hell of it you. if it's 48 games. <laughs> Blew it. You should see my card. I got the Jays at 71, the White Sox. Like, I got some real dogs, buddy. <laughs> some junkyard dogs. Hey, if we're going to play 48 games, what the hell's going to happen there anyway? I think it's nuts. And I'll tell you this, and this is what I've been telling Marenzi. Mike, you're a very smart guy. These guys have to go into negotiations next year. I don't know the void that it's going to have between the players and the ownership, but baseball, to me, Mike, I don't know your take. Like, this sport out of the big four, it is in big trouble. Like, the we talk about it. You know, we even talk about with Kurtz. These guys <laughs> hated each other on a good day. Now look what's going on with this negotiation, right? The owners just want these guys to put them in a corner and go, okay, you'll get a nice deal for, for barely anything moving forward in the future. They're really trying to screw these guys, and the players aren't impressed, Mike. And we talked about uh, we talked about Andrew McCutcheon's tweet uh, earlier, Ken. Yeah. And uh, he just went with uh, old school LOL. LOL. Uh, as it. far as uh, as far as where we're going with this, not to mention, too, dude. Not to mention, and Mike and Cam, if you're a baseball player, you're a pitcher. It's yeah. not like you have to train for a quarter hard to play 48 games. So, in other words, Steven Strasburg would have to put all this work on into his arm. For the next three to four weeks, five weeks, they were talking about pitchers like really need six weeks, supposedly. Um, all this work and then only have what, like six starts now? Seven starts? Like we were joking before, like seriously, like their new spring training would almost be as long as the actual season would be, Mike. Like, I, no. you know, listen, I'm not a doctor, but I'm telling you, for, for an arm stamp, a lot of pitchers are going to knock it. They're just going to say, I'm not doing this. It's stupid. I'm not putting yeah. the work in it. I know Scott Boris is talking about not letting his clients do it. He said, I'm not letting my client put all this work in on his arm and waste all these pitches in spring training again only to play 50 games. It's not if worth I, it, and it'll cause injury next year for him. Yeah. If I was a pitcher, I wouldn't want to do it, but I would have to assume that on some level, pitchers in particular were being diligent about their – Working the skill. work yeah. that they get every five days. I have to throw a certain amount of pitches. It's my throw day. It's my off day. I'm not going to throw for two days. All of that kind of stuff. I would imagine from mid-February through the end of October, pitchers have to be extremely diligent about they do about how they do it. Now, if the guys are going home watching Netflix, chilling out and not working out, and then they get hurt, frankly, it's a little bit on you uh, for not keeping yourself in shape. The the stories about how. Uh, players are have to get back in shape again is a little curious to me if I'm being totally fair. But at the same time, I really wouldn't want to do it. You're talking about maybe they'd get nine starts out of it, a 48-game season. And by the way, players play full seasons and have 48-game slumps. You know what I mean? Like yeah, guys might not point. even get started and the season will be over. Yeah, that's right. He's no, you're, 29. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> that's we talked that's about it last week, guys. Be. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last week. The um, um, in a span in a fifty game span last year, the, the Washington Nationals, who were the World Series champions, these guys went uh, nineteen and thirty one. 
We were killing them in May. We were killing yeah. those guys in and, May, all of us. And, and, and you know, the San Francisco Giants were like 35 and 16 or something in a 50-game <laughs> stretch last year at one point, right? Yeah. So that's why, like, it really is like Russian roulette randomness. Agree. I mean, I, it, we thought Dave Martinez and Rizzo were fired before Memorial Day. I remember being on this show a yep. little over a year yep. ago. And we were talking about that they're done. If they don't do something in the next 10 days, both guys are going to be done before Memorial Day. And they did. They caught fire. Yep. And they went 80 it, and 40 or whatever it is down the stretch. But it, yeah. I, I, I don't know how you approach this with for 48 games for baseball players. Gosh, I mean, think about it. That's the start of the season to Memorial Day normally. It sucks, too, guys. What, think about this. The Houston Astros situation, everybody's worried about the damn season. Nobody even remembers what the hell happened there with the cheating thing. They come in there. The, it, it, that story's done. Like They're what, huge what, what winners. Talk about it, right? It's over. Who like it's like it's not even going to be have the real effect that it should have. These guys totally are cheating, true. and that's kind of like, oh yeah, forty eight game season. Great, thanks. Yeah, you know, you want to talk about asterisks? The, the a forty eight game season won't be considered well, a pure season. Yeah, I like agree. It, you know, and then, and then what? Fourteen playoff teams, forty eight games. Like really? Mm-hmm. At this I'll take point, it, but you, it's so you know, phony. Well, you know what I was going to say? They won't do it just because there's, it's too thinking outside the box. But go with the, the sort of the college baseball World Series. Make it a stupid tournament, two month long, et cetera. <laughs> Series is sort of mix it up. But then, and then even on top of that, no, no, of course they won't. And then even on top of that, they get into their cheapness in which they only want to play within their division, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another, they're only going to play. So if there's 48 games, can almost, it's only going to be division. And then a couple of uh, against the uh, so the National League East versus the National League East all year, and then a couple of games against the American League East. So East versus East, Central, Central, West, West only. Yeah. But it'll yeah. just be a ton of division games only. What What is the minimum? Though I'll ask you both before I get out of here. Yeah. What is the minimum number of games that you think makes it not fugazi, not a joke? Seventy-two. Uh, we're already kind of there. Yeah, we are. Uh, I'll throw it, yeah. Mid I'll throw it out there. Seventies. Like, I think, yeah. I, I'm with Cam. Like, I think if you if you rolled tops. out a seventy-six, if you rolled out yeah, a seventy-six, that's legitimate. It is what it is. And, you know, if you had in the sixties, you can sort of live with it. That's two months. You know what I mean? It's two months of play. But guys, you get in a forty-eight. Like you're talking about. Uh, I don't so know what that is. Forty-eight play, games. It's so it's, stupid. Like, come on. It's like forty-eight dates. It's not even like two months. <laughs> Yeah. Like we said, like it's basically just a total roll of the dice. And, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll go we'll go over the odds after, but I'm going to take every worst team in Major League Baseball, essentially. Yeah, yeah that's 48 games. Who knows? <laughs> Baltimore Orioles can start off 21 and 6. They win a division. Yeah. I don't get, know about that. Get somebody team. with two uh, good starting pitchers and call it a day. Yeah, that's, that's my bet. Yeah, I'm gonna load like, the Mets. Mets have a couple yeah. of good starting pitchers. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're not gonna get those yeah. good odds on the Mets, but Blue Jays are a good. Yeah, we play. all know though. We all know that if any teams like can have a bunch of players get coronavirus, it'll be the Mets. Like whatever, like weird and strange and bad would happen, like it would be the Mets. As long but as it doesn't slow down the sale, good. buddy. As long as it doesn't slow down the sale. <laughs> you know, uh, uh you know. I was sort of semi-optimistic for a couple of minutes. And I was like, oh, you know what, 76 games. But then it's sort of I was naive. I was naive. It was the fan in me that was like, oh, hey, cool, 76 games. I can live with that. That'd be fun. But I, you know, they're not genuine. I think they are going to run the clock out, and they do want to play less than 60 games. You know, we keep on, and you talked about it, Mike. They don't want to pay more than basically $1.4 billion. And you can move the numbers. You can move the title. You can say this or that prorate this, prorate that, it ends up being the same amount of money that they want to give to the players uh, in the end. And just for the record, guys, the biggest long shot, the biggest long shot to win uh, the World Series, Cam, over at FanDuel right now, the Seattle Mariners, oh, right horrible. in the distance of the mountains they behind me right news. now. Like they're a bad game. <laughs> no, no. The Orioles might you, have a better uh, record. Seattle's awful. 500 to 1 odds. Nah, no thanks. San Francisco's 500 to 1. 
That's Pittsburgh's better. They're a better team than Seattle. Pittsburgh's horrible. Miami, five hundred one. Kansas Still City, no. Detroit, no. Yeah. Baltimore, Pass. no. Colorado, nope. yeah. Colorado's two hundred twenty to one. All right, we'll get into it on the other side. Thank you, Mike Blewett. Take care, guys. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gable Renzer. We're throwing down with a raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Thanks to uh, Mike Blewett uh, for stepping up. And, and um, we've, well, we're not done. We got Kevin Walsh. Uh, we got Joe Rivera. We got Joe Renner uh, in Miami on the board. We've got uh, Yang in uh, Spanish Harlem uh, on the board uh, as well. It's like, um, man, it's like the United Nations here. It's like a global, uh, we're like a global corporation uh, right now. So let's try to uh, fund this global corporation uh, with some winners. And we're going to put you in the hot seat, uh, Cam, because it is the Charles Schwab. And, uh, you know, we'll get into it more tomorrow and then yeah. subsequently on, on, on Wednesday. Because, of course, uh, they tee off on, on Thursday. But it's not only great to have golf back, but, man, they're coming back with a real bang. It's a real, real impressive, uh, impressive field. 16 of the top 20 players in the world, all five top uh, five are there. Uh, Rory is favored. Rory is a uh, favorite. Uh, he is uh, plus 800. I don't know if there's enough value there at uh, nope. plus 800 with Rory. John Rahm, 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. Justin Thomas is 16 uh, to 1. Bryson DeChambeau is 22 to 1. Uh, FanDuel's got Brooks Kepka listed at uh, 25 uh, to 1, plus 2,500. Webb Simpson, plus 2,500. Dustin Johnson. Why well, you don't look? You usually see Dustin Johnson getting. Get I'm these fading fat him hard. Are you hard? I'm, I'm actually going all in, Gabe, on his fade. Every matchup bet. The way he looked in that tournament versus Wolf. I don't know if he's working on his game. I don't know what he's doing with Paulina. My odds are he's probably going to ease in slow. If I can get a good matchup bet, I'm just going to just fade this guy all over the place. All right, so we'll keep our eye on the DJ uh, matchup bets. Patrick Reed is 28 to 1, plus 2,800. Mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, 32 to 1. Uh, we haven't seen anything uh, worthy, but you get some big numbers with all these guys. Sung J.A.M., 33 to 1. Xander Shopley, 33 to 1. Ricky, 35 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, 40 to 1. Tony Finau, 40 to 1. All right, we'll hit it on the other side. Bring it. Diamond Bets. Uh, if I want to look at Garrett Cole, is this someone that I should be trying to invest in or is this a stay away play? Well, this is a fascinating one because here we are. This is a slicing and dicing of the season. Garrett Cole is in a new position here with the New York Yankees, a new spot, coming off an absolutely stellar campaign with the Astros last year. He struck out 326 guys. I don't really see much of a, a potential. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 